and welcome to episode 160 of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host, Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy, James. Good day. And this week is a special one. Yeah, it is. is they're, it? All, they're all special, they're, they're, mate. They've all got a purpose Yeah, this one's, this one's different. Yeah. Unique. Mm. Interesting. Things that you could take as your own uh, trivia, yeah. pass them on in the pub. Or maybe around a friend's gathering, a little, did you know, we've done Ooh. the legwork, we've got a load of facts about movies. It's a Sims guide to be interesting at a party. <laughs> <laughs> when you are on your own. Yeah, draw one of these. <laughs> because it's done so well for us at parties. <laughs> Look at all our friends, James. Oh, I'm so alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, we want to drop some trivia. The idea off the back of last week's episode um, was James and I have spent a week to go away and find 25 movie facts. Some well-known, some a bit obscure. Just just really kind of go around the houses. I haven't really talked to you about it, so no. we'll, we'll go through that in a moment. But I, I mean, potentially 50 facts. Yeah, or more likely 27. Because <laughs> there could be some crossover yes. if we've used the same website. <laughs> the same Google search. <laughs> but we have um, used the internet to look at for some IMDb's trivia pages just to put together something just to be lighthearted and fun, uh, which is the nature of this podcast. Each time we get around the mics, each episode, very little script, yeah. James. Very little planning. It's movie fans talking about movies for movie fans. You know, yeah. we, we don't pretend to be like great auditors you know mm. we are simply fans doing what we do speaking nonsense <laughs> <laughs> but thank you and we appreciate your download yes thank you <laughs> and if you did like this episode if you like subscribe you get a new one each week and as i said there's 160 episodes that you can go back and explore all sorts of topics just just have a good time mm. the sun is out go for a walk download a podcast sorry you're my seat yeah that was ruining it for you <laughs> Listen, there's nothing you can say that won't hurt us, all right? <laughs> That's the tagline. How to spoil a perfect day. <laughs> Sims. But I've, I've enjoyed this week, as I do most other weeks. What we've also got is just to keep it fresh and to keep some new film talk going on. We had a little bit of homework and that was to go and watch a movie that you otherwise would not have watched had it not been for this week's podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I took a step in a different genre, a genre this week. So th this was really interesting. I found... I discovered something about myself. Ooh. I will watch anything. Yeah, you will. Because I really struggled to watch. I mean, right, there's obvious ones. There's musicals, which I've already said on this podcast, not a big fan of musicals. Um, I could have gone gore horror, like the really weird gore horror, like extreme stuff, but I, I didn't want that. It's a nice day. It's, you know, it's, I, I, I don't want to put myself through that. But on the whole, I really struggled to find a movie that I probably won't, because I tend to really watch most movies. Yeah. Well, it was quite hard. So I broke the rules is what I'm saying, James. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, at least you're open and honest with it. To be fair, you know, those facts that we've got later have mm. broken the rules. <laughs> so that is the way. <laughs> it's just a farce, isn't it? So, <laughs> so what's your movie? Uh, my movie is uh, Creep, but the 2014 version. I've seen that movie. Did that have a sequel? Oh, it did Creep 2. Well, I assume so. It's not going to be Creep 20, is it? <laughs> there is a Creep 3 coming out. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that you'd seen it. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. So it was like an indie horror, mm. which I've never... I mean, shall I talk about it now? Shall we do the homework? It just, so I'm on the right way, but Lady Gets Stuck on the Underground, London Underground, overnight. No, there is two films called Creep. Right. This is another one. This That was a 2008, this is 2014. I was going to say the years didn't add up when you yeah. said 2014. Okay, okay, yeah, so, so I haven't seen so this. So when thing. I did research for this, yes, because I had to go I had to go quite deep to find this one in the old Netflix. A gen you know where you have to pick movies and then pick a genre. I went specific to a genre I didn't like for a very specific reason. Mm. 
So, yes, it's not that creep. It's a different creep. Lots of creeps. Tell us about your creep, then. Right, so my creep (laughs) is directed by Patrick Bryce, story by Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass, starring Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. I know that name, Mark Duplass. It's possible. I mean, have you seen the film Creep? (laughs) Right, can we just say that this is what... So we, you said something that kind of actually struck a chord with me a few weeks ago when you made the decision that why do we keep horror for Halloween? You know, horror is a genre that you can watch at any time. With that in mind, I remember when I started really falling out of love with the horror genre and I really liked the film, um, The Blow Witch Project. I thought mm. it was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant. It was amazing. But then it gave birth to a series of films called the Paranormal Activity Films. And I'll be honest, I detested them. I detested how they, nothing nothing happens, but at the same time, everything happens. It I kind of got it, but I kind of got the first one. I couldn't understand why people got involved. However, they added this really like intense storyline, but it was really clever filmmaking. It used an incredibly low budget to make an incredibly you successful, know, successful it's a, franchise. It's a cash cow. Yeah. And then by the fourth one, they started adding like co- uh, cover, witch, uh, witches, covens and stuff like that. I, 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 I stopped they, paying attention. Just with those, just on that note, they do have a very, they do have a purpose. I imagine... If you're a group going out on a night out around Halloween that time of year or whatever, yeah. when these movies tend to come out, and as a before you go out, you meet, you go to the cinema. It's a theatrical like, yeah, you know, you're all in it, you're all screaming, you're all on the edge of your seat. I imagine in it, as someone who goes to the cinema quite often on my own or just with yes. like one person, I probably wouldn't go now after the first movie. But I imagine in a group where your intention is actually then to have a night out and to talk about it. I think it, I think there's some fun in in these movies, but they're not my cup of tea. They're not my cup of tea, and that's why. So I've I've also found out that found footage. You know, there's films like Unfriended have come out, and they're all basically the idea is to keep it very short. And I think it's actually kind of hurting horror in a way. So I heard this review quite a few weeks ago, and it was about this film called Creep and the third one coming out, and how it was a testament to filmmaking and how it was an indie great horror. And I thought maybe one day, you know. It's a genre I don't like. It's a, it's found for it's a, a camera POV film. It's all told. It's found footage film. So I really wasn't that interested in watching it. So you decided that, and I said, do you know what? I'll go back and find Creep. And then originally it was the Creep, the two thousand eight one that mm. I was searching for. Anyway, I found this film, and let me tell you the storyline. <laughs> Aaron, played by Patrick Bryce, is a struggling filmographer who accepts a job for Joseph. Joseph, played by Mark Duplass, has an inoperable brain tumour and has been told he will die very soon, long before his pregnant wife will give birth to his first child. Joseph's plan is to record a video diary for his unborn child and wishes Aaron to follow him around and record him. So already, the character of Joseph, played by uh, Mark Duplass, is fantastic. He's he's such a character that you're drawn to him. He's a bit crazy. He's a bit, he's a bit you know, he's a bit out there. He's a bit unique, eccentric. However... We're supposed to, he's going through a big thing. Um, Aaron is a straight man. You know, he's like, well, that's a bit weird. However, I don't know what this gentleman's dealing with. But, uh, Joseph starts to exhibit, exhibit extremely eccentric behavior and admits to actions that begin to horrify Aaron, who even contacts Joseph's wife, Angela. He leaves Joseph and returns home, where he starts receiving items in the mail from Joseph, including a recording of Joseph digging a grave. It's really, do you know what? Found footage is fantastic. I'm going to stop the storyline there. It goes where you kind of think, is it eccentric? It plays the line of creep or eccentric, creep, crazy. I was really good. It was actually really well done. There are only three cast members in the entire film. It uses this to, it uses what we'll call its limits. So it doesn't have a big budget. It's, it's obviously this two people's passion project. It uses lighting. For example, there's a shot where the gentleman stood outside with the light behind him. So you just get a menacing silhouette. And 
that very cheap, you know, simple trick is fantastic. And it, it took me back to a Blair Witch project where you could tell that a lot of the uh, direction, uh, not the direction, sorry, the script was made up. It's very humanistic. It was very real. I can imagine I was creeped out by Aaron's, uh, I was creeped out with Aaron by Joseph's action. And it, do you know what? it crescendos to a quite, quite good ending. And when I say quite good, I don't mean the ending's good. I mean the ending's satisfactory. Mm. And you'll see what I mean. But that was a really good film and I'm really glad that I gave it a chance. Like I say, the genre of the fan footage horror to me is, is been taken out back and kicked to death by the Paranormal Activity series. However, Creep was a fantastic watch. Had to dig deep though on um, Netflix to find it, which is where you can catch it as well. Now you've talked about it and I, I, I've just Googled the poster. I, I, I remember that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Certainly you're talking about it. I haven't seen it. But... um. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know the film you're talking about now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's worth a watch, is it? It's very good. So, yes. did you say it's a long film? No, it's not a long film at all. Because that's the thing, isn't it? When you, when you hear things like free, free actors, predominantly yes. indie movie, like indie horror, uh, found footage, you, you think, oh, hour 20? Hour uh, uh, yeah, you're yeah. perfect. You're spot on. Uh, there is a sequel that introduces more characters. However, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Would didn't you watch it. watch it? I would definitely watch it. And I heard great things. I heard it's maybe even better than the first one. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Genuinely horrified me. It's been a while since a horror film has actually put the creepers up me, son. I like what you did there. Um, okay, I will then go, and there's a bit of an explanation behind my movie, James, because as I said, I was, I looked on Amazon. Yeah. I looked on, uh, Na TV. Yeah. I, I looked on Netflix, which is where I kind of, Netflix is normally, when I've tried the others, I'll go to Netflix. Yeah. Don't know why, always been like that. And, um, I, I, I really struggled to find something that I was like, no, I probably would watch that. I'd probably watch that. I even hovered on things like Pitch Perfect 2 and I went, I probably would watch that. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know Kendrick, it's fine. <laughs> And then I started to twist the rules a little bit. Oh, you bugger. One thing, I watched this movie at half five in the morning and I thought I wouldn't watch this movie at this time. <laughs> that was my first bit. Well done. The other one was when you hover over um, over Netflix, it gives you like a bit of a trailer. Yeah. And um, the trailer played it, it actually made the film look really good. So I thought the other way I'm going to bend this rule is, is actually, although the trailer is making it look good, there's a big part of my brain saying, but the film will yeah. not be because every part of my fiber, I don't know, actually you shouldn't prejudge a film before you've actually seen it. Exactly. The, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, and it's also a new movie. It's a new release. It's just come out on Netflix. I think it was in the top 10 last week and that is Sweet Girl starring Jason Momoa and Isabella Merced. Is it Merced? Oh, I like that. Um, I just, what's really weird is I didn't really know anything about this, but I have a friend who texts me going, Sweet Girl's really good. So I'm interested to see what this goes. So, uh, right. So the reason... My trepidation is, I like Jason Momoa. I like Jason Momoa. Very characteristic. Yeah. My guy. Lovely guy. Looks like a guy I'd probably go for a beer with. Yeah. Just like he'd win you a, something as well, like a carnival and give it to you. That is a perfect analogy. Yes. <laughs> yes, he would. Or he would go home that frustrated, he'd whittle it. Yes. And make it out of beer hide and then give you it. And it'll be a bit off, but it'll be all right. I bet he knows how to whistle. Oh, easy. Yeah. I, I like Jason Momoa. And the trailer did make it look like, what I wanted was, Momoa's acting chops to come out. Yeah. Because it, it's, it give the storyline. So the storyline is about a husband who's um, got a close knit family unit, um, daughter, wife. Um, we see kind of through the opening of the movie, their relationship as, as a, as the free hardworking family, um, working class family who then the mother comes down with um, an inoperable cancer. Oh, There's no. the potential of a new radical drug that's showing uh, success with trials they're all lined up for it. And then the farm, big pharma company, the pharmaceutical company, no. um, unreleases the drug. And it's because a bigger company 
um, block them in the market. So it's it's oh, as well like greed and power. And like, and, yeah. yeah. And uh, the trailer is um, the CEO of this company on like a talk show where he's being challenged for blocking the, the medication, in this case, played by Justin Barfer from um, uh, National Treasure. So you get a pass with this one, Justin. Um, where, you know, Jason Momoa calls up as a angry um, dad. dad. And on it's air- angry Jason on, Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> on air, he's basically like, if my wife dies, I'm coming for you. Now, the trailer that I saw, I thought- yeah, Momo was acting. I want to see this. And I'll give it credit. The first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, this is the Jason Momo I want to see. Because I've seen him do action. I've seen him do the superhero stuff. Yeah. I've seen him in some indie movies where he's really shone. And all the reports of June are that he's outstanding. I, I do like the guy. I want to see that indie thriller, that low budget, give him the opportunity to act. And he does. There are some... I, I was I was in tears in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Like, he does really well. Yeah. And then I start to struggle. Oh. It, it, then, it doesn't know if it wants to be a film with a message about, like I say, big pharma companies and, and the price of, you know, putting a price on medication and how that affects families and stuff. You know, there are, there are there's passionate pleas in this, you know, where the guy, just most character is like, so he plays this chap called Ray, you know, it's like, I've worked every shift I can, you know, I run out of healthcare, my, I'm losing the house and it shows the cost of being ill. It has this, you know, it has this message in it that's really eye opening, but then it won't, it, it kind of then lends its hand to a movie like Taken where the action is a bit like, there's action. Oh, there's a lot of action in this. Yeah. There's like, there's a, there's a, there, I still don't know really how it happened. Oh. There's a knife fight on a, on a train at one point where he gets kicked out of a window. And I'm like, that's like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it was like, really pulling out the heartstrings. I genuinely didn't think there'd be any action. I thought it might be about him, you know, like his wife dying, he takes them to court, mate. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, he takes them to, with a hatchet. <laughs> like, it goes after him. And and, it, and, and it, we, the, my, my big issue with it is, is that, okay, that's my fault for having an assumption of a movie and then the movie yeah. corrected me. That's not the movie's fault. Although actually that is what a trailer is meant to do. <laughs> so, so I, but it's not the first time I've been lied to James. It's not. No. Um, You've so, been hurt before, mate. I've seen the, my problem with it is, is we get from point A to B in, in these jumps that only Ang Lee's Hulk could do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's a, there's a, there's, there are moments where I'm like, oh, we're here already. Like you're already squaring off against the pharmaceutical bad guy. How have you got here? Like, at least we saw Liam Neeson do some detective work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it it, 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 it just had to one too many holes for me. It, Jason Momoa still performs in it and it is physical. There's some really good camera work. There are some scenes. I really, um, cinematography in yeah. action has come on so much. Oh, so, so much compared to just, you know, static camera it, watching stuff happen. It's insane. Like, you know, yeah, we've gone away from wide shot, close up, wide shot, close up you know, where you can see where the stuntman's come in or, you know, or the, or the actual martial arts expert um, to now seamless choreography in these fight scenes. And this has some of those moments of you're like, I don't know how they film that. They sure as shit didn't throw Momoa down them stairs. So I, but I missed the cut. Ooh. So there were all bits where I'm like, that's really good. But I just, and it, got, and it went back to full circle to this, to the theme is that I knew I shouldn't have watched it. There was just, I knew I wasn't going to get the movie that I thought I was going to get. And it kills me. I'm sorry. There are, it is popcorn fun. It is a movie that on a Friday night, if you've got nothing better to do, you know, and you've got your, your friends around or whatever like that, and you get a pizza, it is, that is, you're going to get that. You're going to get Jason Momoa with a hatchet running around trying to kill off these people that have, you know, 
Which, you know, now you've said that, I thought that he was going to take him to court. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, yeah, that really should have been how this yeah. movie went. Just like, she's dying, I need you. It's like, I'm working, every, you know, he gives an impassioned speech and then yeah. the, and the big CEO just comes in and is like, no. He, <laughs> and then he laughs like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> but, but instead, the scenes of him dressed up without, no, not spoilers, but there, instead it's him, you know, dressed up as a waiter, shooting people in the head and strangling others with carrier bags. And I'm like, we... Okay, <laughs> you know. I mean, wow. <laughs> Is Isabella Merced, Mer- Merced, I think it's how you pronounce her name, um, was in the live action Dora the Explorer. She was in one of the Transformers movies. She is really good. She's undeniably going to be huge. She is huge. She's an A-lister, but he's one of them one to watch it. So yeah. you, know, you, you can see, you can't deny talent and, and she's, she's talented. And there are some other cast members within the film that I thought really good. You, you, they, you know, they, they serve their role to the limited opportunity that they have. Um, but yeah, it's, sounds, do you know what? Can I just say, are you, all of this is you're saying is, this is a, a Steven Seagal film where he wants to protect the environment so he kills a load of oil businessmen and oil rigs. It's just like, or you sign a petition. Yeah. <laughs> just there's so many other things you, you can do. You are on fire because you're right. This screamed <laughs> Steven Seagal, this movie. <laughs> just, Actually, so that's, weird, that is bang on. That is bang on. Oh, Momoa. Just like, there's 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 lots of steps between, oh, I've got a point to make. Mm. I'm going to dress up as a waiter and shoot someone in the head. Yeah. And no, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of problems. Like I said, it does resolve nicely. It is one of the movies that shows you like how it, it, it kind of goes back in time. So it opens with like, you know, uh, Momoa on the, on being hunted by the FBI and, yeah. and they cornered him. And then it, show, and it goes back in time and shows you how. And so, you know, the film will resolve where yeah. we started. I like that in a movie. I actually, when that happened, I was like, you don't see this a lot anymore. No. This was a big thing in like the nineties, you know, yeah, you see the true. end and then, okay, so how do we get to this point? And then the good guy would turn the tables yeah. on the bag of villains, you know, but, um, but also it's one of them films as well. We're at the end of it. I was like, okay, so he's an anti-hero because he's, he's, he's got a motive, but I don't agree with his way of carrying out that, you know, his, his revenge or whatever. And it does have one of the movies where I'm not entirely sure that that, that resolve is as neat as it needs to be. You know? <laughs> it's too tidy. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a wild card, sweet girl. I think some people will watch it, really enjoy it. I think other people might not. I was very much on the fence. Before we get onto our trivia facts, two mm. other things I want to do. Just give a shout out. Oh, yeah. This week as well, I watched a movie called Count Me In, which is a documentary by Mark Lowe, and it is about drumming, drummers, rock oh, okay. drumming. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour 20 documentary. The tagline is you can have rhythm without music, but you can't have music without rhythm. And it, it's a, it's a, it's not a history of the drums, but it is certainly a documentary about iconic drummers. Oh, that's cool. Um, that have changed the game across multiple genres of music. Um, and just listening about that passion that, you know, that importance of them in a band and how they kind of really orchestrate you know, the tempo, but also the groove, the feel, the, the connection with the crowds. It's, it's, it was a really, I mean, I, I like music. I, I play music. And so I was drawn into it anyway. And it's, it's interviews, you know, Roger Taylor, it's got Justin, um, uh, what's his name? Taylor Hawkins, sorry, in it. What about um, Flea? Uh, no, no, no. Flea's a bass player, but it just <sighs> had Chad Smith, the I drummer took, from, uh, I took, took a shot in the dark. took a shot. Well done. <laughs> took a shot, um, mate. It's got Stuart Copeland in it. It's got, um, what is her name that's in it? Uh, Emily Dolan Davis, who, uh, is the darkness's drummer. It's got a real collective bunch of drummers yeah. all just talking about how they fell in love with it. It's really fascinating. It does sound fascinating. It's a great, documentaries are brilliant, isn't it? Like even if you, I, I think it's one of them, even if you wasn't into drumming, you can't not 
watch it and see the passion in these people and these players and you know how um, the different styles and the, and the there were different ways that people have kind of come up with their own ways of interpreting themselves and expressing themselves through the through it. So that's count me in. That's 2021. Now I do want to talk about one more film because you've brought it up before and I still had never seen it. Okay, and it's a big big film. <sighs> right, and it's because of COVID. I watched Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, right, it's yeah. now on uh, now TV. Oh, is it finally? I can't remember what 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 episode you talked on it but what did you think of it right so i really liked parts of it but i thought that up until i think it's about one third no i tell you what i like the basic premise no i like the premise i like the villain but everything else i thought was pretty it's like the first film just downgraded nothing about it like like without going into too many spoilers you get the invisible jet but i don't understand the point of it it doesn't do anything it's just invisible Mm. Doesn't it's not like they have to sneak in someplace, and then then when they need it later, where they could sneak in, it's not fucking there. <laughs> well, <they> lost it. <laughs> you can find it. I don't want to make a can't park joke, but um, but I'll be honest. I did you know what I liked it at the time, but history has not been kind to it. I don't. I know I wasn't that huge a fan. A gal Godot is brilliant in it. I quite like Chris Pine in it, and I like the. Oh, I've forgotten the. I like I like Kirsten Wig in it up until the point of like the final half hour, which is a bit and bollocks. Pedro Pascal's in it. Robin Wright obviously returning. I like Pedro Pascal in it. I, except for, again, about one third of the movie. And then something happens and he turns into a twat. <laughs> like, so over the top, he might as well have been in me house. It's so over the top. <laughs> it's a weird movie because you're right. That first one is... is This is stellar. I and and I still one. enjoy the... I know I know some people weren't kind to like the last act, but I still love that. I still... The, the best bit is the go through the trenches... You yes. know the the village scene. That, that is the right the thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that is the heart of the movie. But I I loved every part of Wonder Woman, and I, the, so the bar was fucking high. It was high. This. I was bored. It was right. So you know we've got a thing about. <laughs> so last week we did the Avengers, and we mm. we uh, not the Avengers, sorry, mm. and we come up with the circumstances of clouds are not villains. There is one element that's less like badass than clouds. It's 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 wind. Doesn't she fly wind in the end? <laughs> It's holding it. It's so weird. She's she's dressed like a gold pillock, fighting. Like, let's be honest, a not very good looking Chitara. But that fight scene kind of disappears. That rivalry's gone. Um, whilst uh, Pascal's talking to a character, but it, it's not. I don't understand. I remember my point. I was like, I don't understand how they got here. I, don't, I was like, mm. did they know the ending before the rest of it was just like, I don't know, make it work somehow. I, I didn't get the body swap thing as well. No, no, did I? I couldn't figure that out. Like, I was like, is this me? I, I, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because when when Chris Pine returns, spoilers, yes. I mean, we've already said he's in it yes. and everyone knows he's in it, but he, he should be a non-returning cast member. <laughs> yeah. Like, when he's in it, I was like, how's that happened? And then you ca- I've kind of figured it out. Because if you granted a wish, you lose your power. I th- yeah. I think. Um, and so she lost it because she had Chris... It's, oh, fuck, I suppose, because Chris Pine had somehow come back into the film. However, what's really funny is it's not Chris, it's not Chris Pine, is it? It's someone else. But for the purposes of the audience, you see the character as Chris Pine. Yeah. That's the bit I but didn't understand. But she knows it's not Chris that's Pine. That's the bit. That, so thank why you. why is she in bed with him? <laughs> I didn't get it. I was like... <laughs> 
right, okay. Like, oh. but it, it, it that's a heartbreaking scene, though. Again, the, the one of the best parts about I really liked Wonder Woman. I kind of pissed off Chris Pratt, uh, Chris uh, Pine came back because I really liked the idea of that. She saved the day. There's a bigger war than you know. She might really like Chris mm. Pine. I also liked the idea that they maybe didn't love each other. It was like a mutual love at the time. He, he has a great line, and they and Patty Jenkins in the first one fucking delivered on that where she can't hear him. Yeah, and it's only after he's done it where he's, he I can't remember it verbatim, but it's like. It's like believing you. Can, you. you can yeah. save the future, but I can save us now. Yeah. And it's like and it was a, it was a, a perfect end to that first movie. And and I I was kind of annoyed they brought me back. However, it was an equally heartbreaking scene where he's like, I can't say goodbye to you again. Mm. So she just fucks off. Which but while she's going, she's breaking down. I was like, do you know what? I was really this part of this film that I really like. However, I I don't understand the ending. I don't understand the power that this person's got. I don't understand pretty much any of it really. It's like like um, Christine Wiig's really good. Mm. It's really nice to see in a film where she doesn't, you know, like she she is good. She's she, good. However, yeah. the scene where she becomes, um, I don't know, I don't know what's the term when she eighties um, up, you know, because she was timid before, and then she eighties up, big blonde hair, you know, everyone's talking to her. It was really cool, and I really like that dynamic for about three minutes because because then you know ultimately she turns mm. into a cheer, <laughs> but that gets brushed off so quickly. He's it, <laughs> odd, like, isn't it? <laughs> It's fucking hard. I'm the apex. But I remember the trailer was like, I'm the apex predator, and then that's that's how long she's the apex predator because nothing happens. But there's a bit as well, like where is, this is this is. I, I literally went no, like at one point. So there's a stone that spoilers. There's a stone that grants your wishes, right? Yeah. Which I think we, I think you, like when we first heard, we guessed that that was the storyline. Yeah. There's, there's a bit where they're like, the FBI want to know about this stone, right? And Kristen, Kristen Wiig's like investigating it. Gal Gadot turns up like, you know, to look at it. And she looks under it and finds a card with Pedro Pascal's name on it. And you think, <laughs> how did no one else notice that? Like, why did the FBI not go? Lift it This has got... This, <laughs> Just how did they get there? Presumably they had to pick it up as well. It's, it's, it. it's a little wooden crate and there's a bit of sawdust. And you're telling me Gardegart's the first one who thought there might be something under the sword. It's like, what? The FBI wouldn't move that out of the way. Like, it's just, that was just, and it, like, it might as well have said, this belongs to the bad guy. <laughs> just, and oh. then she doesn't address it. When he then turns up, when Pedro Pascal turns up later that day at like the function, she doesn't go, that's odd, because his name's on the stone and, I've, and now he's here. Hmm. No, that's, that's, that's perfect, Ryan. I don't know what you're wrong. There's a lot of like the. I, I, what I did like though, it was it did feel like a victory lap of the character. Yeah, a lot more, like you said already, the invisible jet. The and I, I don't read comic books. I never read comic books. I don't know the name of the golden armor that she gets, but I, I'm certain that that is it's like a level of armor yeah. in it. So. The um, she's the, still badass. She still kicks ass. Yeah, the the lasso of truth gets a lot more use, and and she gets to see it battling a, a lot more. You get a lot more of the origin story as well, and that I quite like that. I, I did like the that. The Femascura stuff has always been. It's a really good opening as well. Yeah, it's always. I always like that in all the incarnations, whether it's Justice League, when you go to that era, you know, and it's that different. Era, and yeah, I quite like it. They have nailed it actually. If you think of Femascura, always looks cool, always looks badass. It mm. always looks like you know, the Amazon's get shit done, mate. Mm. You, you couldn't make a Apple whole music. movie set there. Oh no, because because they because they live in feudal times. It, it, it's like it's like that's the really stupid part. It's like oh my god, what they're coming? What should we do? I don't know. Just phone someone. Yeah, <laughs> just I light a fire. Yeah, just do something. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it was an odd movie. I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was bad. I no. just I, there was. Uh, it's long. It's like two and a half hours. And I do I do remember hating the ending. 
I was, but yeah, the late, the, the last, I could have done about like 20 minutes at the end. Yeah. For me, I think the, the, the take home was uh, Christian Wig. I, I, it, it, oh, well, Gal Gadot was awesome. She, Gal Gadot is awesome, actually. I think. Yeah. I've just seen the trailer for that red notice that she's in. With oh, the, I haven't. The I've, got, I've had an email say, oh, a new, a new thing's come up. Yeah. They, 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 they're both great. Chris Pine, I think he's done the hard work in the first movie. Yeah. So the, and, and it's part of the script, but it's also part of him. It's like, it's just a bit of fun. In, it, up until obviously the, the emotional scenes. They, um, so they do the opposite in this one because obviously Wonder Woman was new. Uh, Princess Diana, uh, Diana Princess was new to the, um, you know, the world. So in this one that is like, oh, Chris Pine's character is new to the 80s. Mm. But to be honest, it's one of those things as well that it didn't feel 80s to me. Yeah, not always. It, yeah. It really was like, you see, oh, she's wearing bangles. <laughs> so yeah. like, it must oh, be back. But then, but then in the next scene, could have quite clearly been now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that wasn't as noticeable as movies like Fear Street. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it is noticeable. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, let's go to the shopping mall, then break dancing, yeah. and then a shell suit. We're in the 80s. Yeah. Like, that's all you need. But No cocaine, no mate. Bullshit. Yeah. I, I, like I say, I, I wasn't disappointed, but it, I, it, I was a bit bored. And no. it, it's, it's the curse of the sequel though, isn't it? Very few sequels surpass the original. No, oh, that is sad. But no, I actually agree with you completely, so it's true. <laughs> um, right then, we need to get on to uh, our main event, and that is talking about some movie facts. Yeah, we do. Um, so we're just going to go, you go, I go. Um, oh, so I'm going to set up, James, mine is a collection of two things. It's it's ones that are just there on the internet because I wanted to bring them up for us to have as, as talking points. Yep. All of these facts could be utter nonsense. Yes, because the a, internet lies. I was literally going to say, disclaimer, I've got these from you. I'm going to ask like Robert De Niro if this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, take them or leave them. But according to the internet, according to IMDb, according, you know, it's, we haven't, I mean, I, I don't know if you, I haven't gone to like, you know, any, I've gone to like Empire Magazine. I've gone to places that I yeah. would imagine are quite um, trusted sources. I, I went to a lot of different websites. <laughs> yeah. Mine are a mix of, ones that are quite well known but we've never discussed okay. and and some that are a bit more obscure. Then mine aren't just movies as well they're about some guys in Hollywood. So there are some things that we are not going to talk about because we've already discussed them so if you, this is your first time this is the podcast that has given you facts like alternative endings, casting mishaps in urban legends, Buzz Lightyear was originally named Larry Luna. We've talked about that before. Luna Larry, sorry. Um, only uh, 12 years separate Harrison Ford and Sean Connery and Indiana Jones, which I still can't believe. Yeah. Um, Mike Myers' mask is William Shatner. We've covered those kind of things. Um, uh, what else have we got? You've got this? the big one, mate. The one that you always bring out of pies. The Snowing Wizard of Oz is asbestos. No, I read that this week for this. It didn't make my list, but I read I that. I did bring that up in a podcast oh, did previously. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, it's Psycho. Oh, Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho was the first US film to have a flushing toilet. That was a big one. Mate, that was all I say. Uh, we've talked about Mandela effect of, you know, Roy Schneider in Jaws. It doesn't say uh, we're going to need a bigger boat. It says you're going to need a bigger boat. Mm. Um, it's talking about the filming. doesn't say, look, I am your father. It says, I am your No, I, I am, am your, your father. father. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray was considered for Batman. OJ. Mate, I'll this one's one brilliant. For a minute. I'll save that one. Okay. Starbucks mug in every scene in Fight Club. Do you want, have you watched Fight Club and tried to find that? No, because I've never watched Fight Club since the first time I saw Fight Club. Oh. Okay. I liked it, loved it. It was great, but I, I you just wasn't never going back. <laughs> no, just wanted to, my head couldn't take yeah. it. Wasn't. Um, yeah, OJ Simpson was considered to be the Terminator, but was feared that no one would believe he was a stone cold killer. So you got some facts then, James? Yeah, technically he was innocent. No. <laughs> Number one, the Star Strong, right? All of these are like so nerdy. I quite liked them. I thought they were cool. Number one, 
Robert De Niro paid a dentist to ruin his teeth for the role of Max Caddy in the film Cape Fear and then had to pay $20,000 immediately after to have them repaired. This to me is like height of like body mod. It's like, Cape Fear, mate, you, you didn't have to do that to your teeth, Robert De Niro. You really didn't, but he like bulked up and everything for this role. He, he threw himself into Max Caddy. Yeah, that that is a terrifying performance. Yeah. I saw that movie, I think, before I knew who Robert De Niro was. That was like, that. I think that was one of the first times I'd seen Robert De Niro and um, or it was so convincing I didn't recognise who it was in he that role he does look so different and so messy but what's really weird is when I was watching the film I never thought of his teeth I was terrified of that dude though watching it <laughs> like after watching that movie like he was he, that guy terrified me because he, he was real yeah he's not like Mike Myers and Jason Voorhees and all these other characters like that guy is real Smoking cigar would look look cool. The problem with that movie is The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, The, the Simpsons perfectly parodied that. <laughs> that's way. why I've never gone back to it as oh, well. That's because a joke. I would I wouldn't be able to stop laughing at Sasha <laughs> Bob, which is one of my favorite episodes. Is that yes. that Cape Fear episode? Yes, because it ends on the boat, doesn't it? That movie. Hancock's it does on because the boat. It's, it's got the, my favorite Simpsons joke of all time. It goes, it goes, um, Mr. Simpson, your name is now Mr. Thompson, and then and then it's like. Hello, Mr. Thompson. Oh, and he doesn't recognize and he, it. He goes, hello, Mr. Thompson. And then he cuts forward and everyone's like disheveled. They've got Chinese food. He goes, when I say hello, Mr. Johnson, and stamp you on the foot three times, you just blink. Hello, Mr. Johnson. And Homer turns to the guy and goes, I think, I think he's, he's talking, talking to you. you. <laughs> Classic Simpsons is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but oh. no, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to go back now. I think Simpsons has ruined it. <laughs> there's the scene where Bart runs to one end of the boat and there's like snapping turtles and goes to the front and there's alligators and yeah. he goes back and there's still him and he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. And of course, there's, 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 there's Sasha Bob's hiding under the car and, he, and he's like, who wants to ride through the cactus field? <laughs> Me? Yeah, and no. he goes, no. <laughs> Three to one. <laughs> It's maybe my favourite Simpsons episode. Uh, actually. Actually, it's, I do want to see it. If you take out the Treehouse of Horror episodes, that's <sighs> got to be one of the top 10. And it had a continuing storyline, didn't it? Like when, he, when Sasha Bob then came say, back it, in. It was like Kelsey Graham, was it? They even brought his brother, uh, uh, oh, Hyde Pierce, from Frasier. Yeah, and Hyde they Pierce, even got yeah. his dad as well. Yeah. Mate, they're brilliant. Golden time of Simpsons <sighs> that was. I was always a big fan of the, when he goes to work for a Bond villain. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're getting well into a default. I apologize. What you got? Toto the dog was paid more than the munchkin actors in The Wizard of Oz. Toto was paid $125 a week and the munchkins were only paid $50 a week. I did know that because that's on my list. So what I love about that is f- fuck you munchkins. <laughs> How about that? Oh, Toto is a fucking diva. <laughs> Just every on my way. Yeah. What's think- a dog going to do with that? thought of it maybe he helped paint the yellow brick road he has no concept of money he has no need for it assuming it was a he yeah exactly um i thought that was amazing that's what because that's just that's just like who's the real star i would have i would have i would have preferred to have gone with the uh all the snow is asbestos because i think that's a bit we i think we did that online i think we released that as a fact ages ago but wizard of oz is is cram packed full of like interesting trivia but yeah the fact that the dog was paid more than the actors he's a right kicking and nuts. that is it you've got to know your worth ain't you um, oh, did you know uh, Michael Caine keeps appearing in Christopher Nolan's films? This is actually because Christopher Nolan pays him. <laughs> Got a few of them in there. <laughs> there you go. It's lovely though, isn't it? Because like, when you get a Nolan movie, you know you're going to see Caine at some point. I like that kind of recurring, recurring, and he's not the only actor to do it, obviously. Uh, Schwarzenegger. <sighs> 
No, Scarsese will always go back to Robert De Niro. Yeah. And uh, it's, not, it's like a nice glove, but I've got a few comedy ones in there. The, um, when I say comedy, I've got some in there. <laughs> I, I just realised as well that there's a, in doing this, I didn't realise that there's a movie with a rock in it. I can't remember which one it was. It's one of his early uh, ones. And there's a scene where he's going in a club and Schwarzenegger comes out and he's a cameo. Oh, isn't it the second, like, uh, not take that, the John Travolta ones? It was Get Shorty and then it was the second one. It might be the second one. No, 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 no. This oh, is like okay. one of um, the, the Rock's standalone movies. Oh, okay. And, oh, okay. And it's like a Venge thriller and yeah. uh, Schwarzenegger comes out of the, this bar and as a cameo and just says to The Rock, over to you, which is really out of context, but it's a nod to say you're now the big guy. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was, that's not even a fact, but it's just because you mentioned um, Michael Caine. Yeah. I don't know why I went to The Rock. Um, <laughs> well, Gene, obviously, do you not see the lip? <laughs> Gene Hackman was originally cast and set to direct Science of the Lambs. He was going to play Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. But he turned it down because he found it too disturbing. That's, do you know what? I, there's an alternative universe there. I see, do you know what? No, we got perfect one in Anthony Hopkins. And, uh, but I would love to have seen the hack, we got, the hack and I have. We got go. perfect one Brian Cox, to be fair. Yeah. I, I, I always think Brian Cox never gets his dues. I love Brian Cox. I think he's brilliant. I don't know as well. I don't know Gene Hackman's directing work. I probably do. I probably have seen loads of his work, but I've never... Oh, to be honest, I don't think yeah, I Yeah, I, I thought about that when I read that. I was like, I actually don't know what the bar is that Hackman has set as a director. Like I say, I more than likely will look on IMDb tonight and feel like, oh yeah, I've seen like 10 of these movies. I just didn't know it was Hackman. Yeah. Well, he's, um, he's a weird one, isn't he? That would be weird though, wouldn't it? Gene Hackman as Hannibal Lecter. I'd love it. I love, I, I'm, I'm one of the few people that loves Gene Hackman. Even I know when he came out of semi-retirement and did like the Royal Tenenbaums, a lot of actors hated him because he was such a knobhead. Mm. But he's, I've got a fond place in my heart because a lot of my favourite films are Star of the Hackman. Very rare you see him young, young though, isn't it? Oh God, no. I think the youngest I ever saw him was as a really off man. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like Poseidon eventually, those kind of movies. Like they, they, and obviously Unforgiven, but yeah. Oh, Hackman so. don't, yeah, I, I do like Hackman. Um, did you know that one box held two items of pure sci-fi fiction glory? The box used by Obi-Wan to keep Skywalker's lightsaber is the exact same box used by Lex Luthor to keep Kryptonite in, in the Superman movie in the 70s. Mm. And so they you, couldn't afford two boxes, so they mate, just no, like they, use that prop. It's just it's the same box. And wow. that's, I kept on points on a Gene Ackman. Yeah. There you go. See if my next one is on point. No. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Disney's Mars Needs Mums oh. is still the biggest recorded flop on the box office. I read somewhere as well because a lot of people think it was that John Adams, was it? John Carter. John Carter, where he also goes, John Adams, one of the. Th- Presidents, you know, it's like, we're on Mars. Yeah, it's just like, maybe Disney should just stay the fuck away from Mars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a gross gross loss of 143 million. Have you seen it? Disney? No, I haven't, no. I, I know what it is. I've, again, it's one of them, I've seen the title, but no, but James, you're not, no one's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen John Carter though. Fucking terrible. Yeah. And do you know what? Everyone, like, I know, I know that guy, that guy that we still don't know his fucking name. What is his name? Taylor Kirch. Taylor Kirch or something. Yeah, he's right. Because he was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah, and he he has had failed attempt after failed attempt at franchises. But he's not the, Eddie Redmayne does not come out of that movie good. And neither does Channing Tatum. What film's that? That, oh no, that's Jupiter Ascending, isn't it? I was going to say, now that, if you want an abomination, (laughs) that's, that's a film. Oh yeah, that's bad as well. That is terrible. And what's really good is Eddie Redmayne had just won an, an Oscar literally the year before. I bet and, he couldn't wait to get past the... Uh, and everyone forgets Channing Tatum actually plays a dog in that film that's evolved. <laughs> there's, some things, there's some things that you just can't make up, James. Oh, 
Is that when you trivia that Jante played an evolved dog? No, oh. it's just, I'm, I'm sad that I know that. Go on, what's your next one? Uh, in Tim Burns, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, Charlie's dad works at a factory that produces Smilex. Smilex is also the chemical that the Joker uses to poison the citizens of Gotham, meaning that Charlie's dad helped terrorists commit a chemical attack, making him a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I had a fact for Tim Burton's Charlie and Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Nestle provided 1,850 bars of chocolate. The fact is, what a waste. That's my humour, that is. Is that film as bad as I remember it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, figured, gosh, I thought it was. It's so bad. Even can't even, they even mess up the songs. Because what's the thing is, you as a child, Willy Wonka and the, fact, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is amazing. Yeah. Gene Wilder, like, hamming it up. Grandpa Joe quite clearly benefits cheap, quite yeah, clearly. But you know what? Four in a bed, that, that bed stunk. I know, yes. You could smell it off there. But do you know what? You know, the everlasting gobstopper, you know, at the end when he goes in with everything's halved, mm. it, the weird scene where Gene Wilder just does a roly-poly and everyone just kind of gets over it. Yeah, because, that, because if he's got if he's got a limp, fuck him. Because they like boo him when he comes out. <laughs> does a roly poly, mate. Everyone fucking loves him. That, I like that bit as well because there's that whole story in there. Like Gene Wilder, like that was the day everyone met him on set. Like he didn't meet the kids until that day, and it was his idea to come out looking frail to capture their natural reaction when he burst into life. Oh, right. And you think like years, years later, like um, we did movies like the It film, you know, and Starscar's like, no, I don't want to see the kids until I'm in full makeup on day and let's capture their natural reaction when I scared the piss out of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like standards are fucking gone, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's in Burton, I've, again, I watched it in the cinema and I remember in the cinema, even at a young age, thinking, I'm disappointed. He's disappointed. It was, he, he was a bad film. And it was, uh, sorry, the point I was making, it was like, no one could do this, but then it was Johnny Depp. And you're like, oh my God, maybe, maybe yes. Mm. Tim Burton, I think Tim Burton's art style lends himself perfectly to, um, who's the author of those books? Rod Arm. I think he lends himself perfectly to Rod Arm. I think Twits, mm. I would watch a, tw uh, it's called the Twits, the one that they'll never make. I would love the Twits directed by... Because um, was it, was it Quentin Blake that did all the art for Rod Arm? Yeah, because that was so, a yeah. very that is yeah that, it, you can see that hand in hand with Tim Burton. Yeah, exactly. That would be awesome. I I was excited. Tim, you know, I think Johnny Depp was is a great Willy Wonka idea. If anyone's going to do it, and Tim Burton's going to do it, and you're right, because they, right, they, they could have had it really straight lace until they get in the factory, and then it's Tim Burton's mm. world. Fucking. Because that would be perfect because you can live it. But it's Tim Burton's world, like the Bucket family living like the fucking nightmare, mm. <laughs> and his dad makes chemical warfare. Anyway, you ready? Yeah, this might be one of my favorites. During a scene in Jurassic Park, The Lost World, a Japanese tourist runs away, screaming in his native language while being chased by a T-Rex. His translation, I left Japan to get away from all this. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. I thought that was amazing. That is good. Uh, that was my favourite one. I love, apparently, I got this from a website that had quite a few and I didn't want to pick them all, so I picked one, but there are some great. So if you go to actual translations in movies, you'll, you'll see quite a lot of funny ones. Like um, in, in Zulu, Michael Caine uh, is fighting a Zulu and the guy's supposed to... Uh, humbly submit and the guy when his translation is kiss my ass <laughs> I just loved it it was a very good website and uh, you should check it out that is brilliant that is a great great bit of trivia um, okay so according to director Mary Hassan uh, Christian Bale's inspiration for his role in American Psycho was inspired by Tom Cruise uh, after watching an interview uh, where he was described as very friendly very intense and friendly but nothing behind the eyes that's really scary because I've seen the interview as well 
Yeah, because he's, he's always been quite open about this. Also in the books is Tom Cruise is one of uh, Patrick Bateman's neighbours. I thought, I was going to say he's in that in the book or the film. Yeah. 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 But it's true though. It's, Tom Cruise is a weird one. I know it's, it's, it's a Patrick, uh, it's a fucking Patrick. I know it's not about it, but, but Tom Cruise does strike me as the, there's something behind them smiles. He's seen death. <laughs> he stared. He, kn- he knows something we don't. He stared into the centre of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and come away haunted. <laughs> I, I, I think he's done a deal somewhere, hasn't he? Yeah. Either with a devil or with a, a stone that makes your wishes come to try. <laughs> but he's done a deal somewhere. <sighs> well, do you know someone else who's done a deal to maybe stay forever young? Elijah Wood filmed his audition for Lord of the Rings in a homemade Hobbit outfit in the woods behind his house. I think that's well nice. That's Espe- cool. Especially for the role that he went to. He's like, that's exactly the sort of thing that Frodo Baggins would do. Tom Holland helped John Berthnall's video for The Punisher. Did he? And then John Berthnall helped Tom Holland's audition video for Spider-Man. That's fucking brilliant. They were working on films at the same time and on the, in the spare time, they was like, look, I just need, I need to do a scene with a, like, with a someone, young person. Yeah. So they helped each other. And then the best thing is the Punisher first appeared in the comic books in the Spider-Man. That's brilliant. That is weird, isn't it? That's, is that one of yours? No. It's oh. like, I just know that, James. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of Elijah Wood just pissing him out in his garden. Mm. Uh, I think that's what you should do and I really like that. And is it, what made what made this interesting for me, homemade Hobbit outfit. None of this, none of this makeup, mate. He was homemade. I like it. Who would win in a fight between Frodo and Harry Potter? Harry Potter's not allowed to use magic. Is Frodo allowed to use the ring? No. I'm going Harry Potter. Because Do you think? It's the Hobbit feet though. You've got to think about Do that. Do you know what I'm thinking? Maybe Hobbit because he would have naturally on him like cast iron. <laughs> bludgeon the shit out what, of Harry Potter. What about Harry Potter's not allowed to use magic. Frodo's not allowed to use the ring. Yeah. But they're in the woods. I think that's home turf for Frodo. He's Frodo. Yeah. He's Frodo. But he might not want to. It would be one of those things where he'll say to him, it's like, I'm only going to kill you Harry Potter to stop you from chasing mm. me. <laughs> it's the only way to truly be free. Otherwise he'll be looking over his back forever. <laughs> that Just- Harry Potter's stalking him. Harry, Harry Potter without magic is about as threatening as a vegan yogurt. <laughs> He's essentially a thick school kid because he hasn't learned anything about the actual world he lives in. <laughs> it's like, to, to be honest, I've watched Harry Potter before. before. He's a, say what you want about his magic. He's a shit student. <laughs> he's just, I always love the fact that he's not amazed that like, you know, so, you know, he accidentally gets on the night bus once. You know, the night bus comes out of nowhere. Why hasn't he just walked in front of a train before thinking, oh, it must be magic. As <laughs> he fucking plows into him. Scream's original title was Scary Movie. Oh, I fucking read that as well this week. I didn't believe it. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't believe you at all. That, that's quite odd, isn't it? It is very odd. I imagine Scary Movie was called Scary Movie in homage to that. Or it was the way for us and they genuinely didn't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Go with that. Michael Gambon is so often confused for Sir Ian McKellen that he just signs McKellen's name when asked. <laughs> Doesn't even pretend to be Michael Gambon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few like that, isn't there? There's, who are the two? Um, Ray Fiennes, Liam Neeson. Yeah. They often sign for each other. Um, is it Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck, or, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if they started doing that as a joke. Didn't they tell people, like, oh, no, I'm Matt Damon, and now I'm Ben Affleck? <sighs> Michael Gambon. National treasure, mate. Do you know what? I'm keeping it on point as well, because you just mentioned Terry Potter. This well, might be one of my favourite ones. Armageddon is used by NASA. You fucker. <laughs> Armageddon is used by NASA during their management training programme. Recruits are tasked with spotting as many of the 168 errors as possible. <laughs> You absolute bastard, I've got that one. <laughs> that is so good. He's the best one. Right. Oh, I'm going to have to pull out a big one here. Director of Drive, Nicholas Winding Wren, failed his driving test eight times. 
<laughs> what does he know about film? Because he's not about driving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dallas Buyers Club makeup budget. Was you absolute fucker. That was $250. <laughs> Uh, but then went on to win the Oscar. Well, I just, well, I think that's brilliant. I think like the smoky, really bad makeup works for film like this. Because if it was like perfect and whatnot, it, it really wouldn't work. It was, um, I, because I read that as well this week and uh, then took uh, uh, words, they're new. <laughs> I, I took uh, a lot of pictures and like the makeup, especially on Jared Leto, was, was, mm. was, it looked so realistic. Right. Okay, I'm going to hit you. If the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is 112.5 feet tall and 37.5 feet wide, he must contain nine, 925,000 gallons of marshmallow, meaning you could make 186 million s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of marshmallow, isn't That's it? That's a fucking It's a lot of marshmallow to clean up. <laughs> and marshmallow is not the easiest what? thing to get out of clothes. I was literally going to say, after that, would you be more annoyed by the Ghostbusters? You'd just be like, I would have rather the ghost. <laughs> I, I would have just... I would, <laughs> would have rather had the destruction. <laughs> Burning's easier to put out than marshmallow. Oh. I imagine if, like, a drop of smouldering, melted, flamed marshmallow falls on you. That is one of the worst ways to die. No, it's like burned and suffocated. Yeah, whilst you're eating it. Yeah. <laughs> what? What I love about uh, the first Ghostbusters, they quite clearly ran out of ideas. Like, like, how do we, who do we get as a villain? Fuck it. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, here you come. In fact, I think one of my facts is that it could be, I'll have a look for it in a second, that Ghostbusters originally was set in the future. It was. Where, and I think we did, I don't think I put this down because I think it came out we, in the episode. We did, when we were talking about it, we mentioned, because the only scene that remains from that is when in a PG movie, Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blowjob. <laughs> That's a bit weird, isn't it? It's Bill Moore. It's, oh no, it's Dan Aykroyd, yeah. It is Dan Aykroyd, because Dan Aykroyd wrote it, so it's like, if anyone's getting it, it's yeah. me. So in the original script, Ghostbusters were <laughs> as known and as, yeah. as as the police. They were emergency service. There's yeah. like a time-travelling aspect to it as well. Mate. Any soft quick look, so that might have been... Yeah, in the original. Yeah, that's one of my lists. Cool. Was that yours then? Yeah, that's me. Right. In the two movies he features, Michael Keaton's Batman kills 20 people in total. That's three more than Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> one of them's a serial killer. The other one's the hero of Gotham City. <laughs> he, do, uh, he, beats, we, he kills people. Yeah, when we, we watched Batman for like, we did that episode back in January. Like, he does kill a lot of he fucking people. He kills a lot of movie, people. He? he just, he don't care. Yeah. Um, also, I brought this up when we were talking about Daredevil. A lot of scenes on rooftops, none, none of the washing out. Daredevil more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. I remember always thinking, what a wet sea. It's, it's like... It, I just remember there's so much ooze in Gotham. So much steam. It's so much Everything steam. steaming. It's like, you would have put your washing out because ironed as well. Mm. It's fucking horseshit. This is a very well-known one and it's one that I think a lot of people already know, but it's, I, I really like this one. And every time I go back and watch this movie, I'm taken out of the movie because I know this fact. And that is that the cat in the beginning of Godfather was a stray yes. that they could not get offset because it took such a liking to Brando. So Brando's just said, I'll put it in the scene. Yeah. And I really like that because that cat's got balls, mate. <laughs> just like, oh, you're making one of the best films of all time. Yeah. Okay, rub Marlin my who? rub my knot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Meow. Imagine being cat blocked. <laughs> just, just, yeah. that's quite lucky. It was placid. Why don't we just took his shit on the table? Yeah. I, I like that because that is 
you know, all these facts are cemented in history, but that's really, I quite like that. That's, that Stray Cat made its way to one of the greatest movies of all time yeah. in a fucking boss scene as well. I, I like to think as well, that cat, you know, started in like Utah. I was just like, I'm going to make it big, man. <laughs> I'm going to be in the movies. I'm going to the big city. <laughs> if you had to look after 101 Dalmatians, you would have to clean up 76 pounds of poop every day. That's, that's food for four, isn't it? <laughs> just... Also, who fucking owns 101 Dalmatians? Why is that a good thing? I love the fact that that's, do you remember when that, uh, the live action one came out, they made a big deal of like, that's when the first time I believe they put a trailer on, it was like, dogs are for life, not just for Christmas. Mm. And I remember thinking, but the moral of the story is, at the end they have 101 Dalmatians. What is the myth? What's, what's Who's the, the real loser? <laughs> just like, I'd like to point out, one of them one of them writes jingles, and I think the other one is like a, an assistant. It was like, how are they going to afford the food for mm. this? Yeah. Poor Pongo, mate. The um, this is another well-known one that is always anytime you Google this is this might be the top one that you always find. And that the time for the Titanic to sink in the movie is exactly the time it would take in real life that they think historians believe it took the Titanic to sink. Going further than that, don't they? Um, don't a lot of people credit Cameron for helping because they always wondered how it how it um, how it sank and mm. the film put a budget into it and then because of that that's, that's how they think it actually uh, sank yeah they, they, they reckon as well things like the time in the movie it takes for them to realise the damage is accurate the time of impacting the iceberg is accurate so there is an element of like 24 real time there's an element of like, truth to it as well which is like yeah yeah which is re- I suppose really really important I suppose if you, you're talking about such a kind of catastrophic event such know, a well known event as well do you like the film Titanic I've not got any issues with it because I think when it came out, I wasn't one of these people that went and watched it like 50 times. Like no. I, think, I, think I, I think I saw it at the cinema and I've seen it since. I watched it once, but I was a teenager. So I was just like, let's skip the romance. Okay, Winslet. And then it was like, oh, let's get back to it. And then, you know, the uh, the last night was brilliant. I mean, the boat breaks apart. It's literally what I want to see in a film called Titanic. Yeah, and it's a bit, <laughs> you know, that's a bit morbid, isn't it? Like yeah. rushing to the cinema to go watch, ultimately, you know, a lot of people lose their lives. But, yeah, I mean, visually, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it was one of the movies that kind of pushed visual effects in, you know, the scale of that movie, you know, recreating the Titanic is it, a feat in cinema. I, I, I think that's great. It's acted really well. I, I, I really like Kate Winslet in it. I really like Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Billy Zane's in it. <laughs> yeah, he used to be it's in one movies. Of the movies. It's one of the movies though, where every now and again, like, Kathy Bates is in it. Yep. And I forget, and I'm like, oh yeah, she was really in it, wasn't she? in it, yeah. Mm. Cool. In order to master piano, ice sculpture, and all the other skills he learns, Phil Connors from the film Groundhog Day would have had to spend at least 12,400 days on repeat. And that's just under 34 years. Mate, if you had to spend 34 years in the same day, you'd forget who you were. Mm. You'd go fucking mental. You see, I always thought Groundhog Day would be brilliant if he literally lost it. <laughs> and and it reset when he was a feral fucking human. It's like the next day and he's like... Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> If someone came up to me tomorrow and was like, look, I can make you live like tomorrow, like 10 times, I probably will go for it. Mm. Just have to make sure I don't lose count. Yeah. So the last one, I'm not like running down the street fucking naked. <laughs> just <laughs> And he's like, no, they're, they're, this is, we're this back is on now. One, yeah. like, oh, fuck. You'd be nervous towards it. You would keep count, but then you'd, you'd be like. But by the fourth one, you're having a laugh, aren't you? Yeah. I love, I love Groundhog Days. One of my favourite films, I reckon. Is it, is it Top Mori? Top, Top Mori? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think a film literally, the film is literally about him. Mm. He has to carry so much of that film. I always do really like, I really appreciate the acting of people acting 
um, the same. Mm. I, I really like that with Happy Death Day. Like the character, the main character is changing, but everyone else acts the same, but acts the same, but reacting to new events. Does yeah. that make sense? And I really liked that. I thought, I think that's an underused ability mm. that yeah. I very poorly explained. I do think my favourite personal Murray is Lost in Translation. I need to revisit that film because as I recall, I didn't like it. I fucking loved it. No, but I think, I think I saw it too young and I didn't get it. Gal Gadot back on Wonder Woman, was five months pregnant during Wonder Woman reshoots and they had to green screen her bump out of the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, just... I, I want, do you know how much they had to reshoot? I think it was only touch-ups and stuff. Oh, that's all right then. Because imagine that, you just, oh, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going this to is, that village. <laughs> this is quite inconvenient now. <laughs> what do you want me... Oh, I don't want to fight the God of War. <laughs> fuck him. The damage caused by the events of the first Avenger movies are estimated to be $160 billion. <laughs> I'd like to point out that even I'm under that much money, but they were happy with it. But then again, the question is, do you accept it? Mm. Because aliens. <laughs> so there is a great indie movie, indie comedy about New York's cleanup crew who they're not sweeping the roads at 5am or taking the chewing gum off the, you know, the, the benches or anything. Their job is to clear up spider web like yeah. residue. Yeah. You know, and um, and you just pick up bricks that have just fucking fell off buildings because or, someone's grappled across. Or work in what, the, like, New York opens up a new department, it's called the Superhero Claims, and the, every day it's, it's, it's one guy or girl on the phone and they have to pick up and they work at a call centre and go, what, the Hulk's, like, crossed up your new car and thrown it. Mm. Was he throwing it at something? Because if it's thrown out a villain, if it's thrown out a villain, your insurance will pay out. However, mm. if he was just angry, it doesn't pay out. And you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, what mood was the Hulk in? <laughs> <laughs> we've smashing shit out of it which um, which Iron Man suit was it because unfortunately your coverage only only covers the M3 through the M5 so you were hit by a, by an arrow that's probably Hawkeye you're not covered under superior insurance <laughs> <laughs> maybe you've got Nobbett <laughs> take it out with him no, he's, he, you, you'll find him running after him <laughs> Stallone let Dolph Lundgren actually hit him in all the scenes in Rocky Four resulting in Stallone having four days in intensive care. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bear in mind, he's supposed to be a boxer as well. Oh, fucking one. I can't it. imagine letting Dolph Lundgren hit you is a good idea. I can't imagine letting him hit you four times, alone four days. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Edgar Wright wanted to use Michael Myers' mask for a heist part in his film Baby Driver. But I was, did know this. But was denied due to copyright issues. So instead he asked his friend Mike Myers if he could use his likeness instead. And he said yes. Hence why they wear uh, Austin Powers masks. I did hear that at the time because I think it was one of these articles that was like, if you think that scene is strange, here's why. And I, and I read the article. Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That, is, so, that is such an Edgar Wright thing to do with it. This, I, that's so kind cool. Of, that's so kind cool. of Mike Myers. I love Mike Myers. I love the other Mike Myers, yeah. It would have been funnier if it was the other way around. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's my mate, Mike Myers. <laughs> um, the production atmosphere, if this is true, this is a, the, the, this is like, like a take home fact. Yeah. If this is true, the production and atmosphere for filming Schindler's List was so low, Robin Williams was brought in to entertain people. <laughs> Just in between takes to do a bit of stand up, to tell jokes, to, just to talk to the actors. Because they were so... Because it was so mundane, the, the shooting of that, that Jesus film. Jesus Christ. If that is true, Robin Williams, I mean, he already is a hero. That, you know, because that... I mean, I read a lot about film and I never knew that. And that that that's pretty special, isn't it? 
It's very special. I think that's amazing. It's, yeah. it's one of those phrases. But weirdly, now that you've said it, I, it's one of those things where I feel like I've heard something like that in the past. I was reading about this as well, that because of the sheer volume of clothes and authentic like luggage and stuff they needed to film that film and how big a scale that was, they actually did put an out a call out for, for uh, Polish families to you know, any old clothes that they had and they, and they bought them off them. And mm. because the the country was still being affected from the war and, and the economy and stuff like that, loads of families came forward to sell their, like, not heirlooms, but, no, no, you know, mean. things in attics, things oh in basements. Oh my God, it's so just, horrible. Just, but at the same time, it helped yeah. those families, you know, with money and stuff. So yeah, Shinzo's List, I, I imagine there's a documentary on Shinzo's List that'll be fascinating. Okay, now. Um... Right, so this one, this is controversial because I've seen two. In the, I, I used the most up-to-date list, so I'm going with that. And if not, I apologise to Mila Djokovic. Samuel L. Jackson is the most lethal actor with a kill count of 1,734 on-screen kills. Samuel L. Jackson is? Samuel L. Jackson. Never would have believed that. No, I never would have believed it because apparently it was, it was Mila Djokovic. When I wrote it down, she had 1,500, but, but that was like in 2019. And this one was 2020, so it might have changed. I know that Sam Jackson's got a lengthy filmography. Yeah, but what I, movies? I don't know. I'm a mate, it's the internet. It must be true. When's the internet? Thanos has got to have more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Boland's got to win that league, right? When did that come out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he got rid of half the universe. <laughs> Josh Brolin is mostly <laughs> with a kill count of half the universe on screen kills. It says on screen kills, so that's why. On screen, on yes. Screen so you gotta you gotta see it. I didn't know. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't I would Sam Jackson would not have even come into mind. I would have put Liam Neeson or someone like that. I don't think he was that far on the Segal. list. Uh, Segal wasn't that far on the list. It was, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger was on the list. Right. Um Ram Blue Stallone, Rambo. Stallone was on the list. So, that so Rambo was, movie alone's gotta take him up so the road. And I was like, well, a lot of B movies. Yeah, I guess that's it. Because I was going to say, you fucking kill no one in fucking what Masters the of the Universe. 1,734. Yeah, Stallone does that in Rambo when he goes to Burma <laughs> like, in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Before the credits start. Before they even get on the boat. He's <laughs> 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 That movie savage. <laughs> I'd watch that. Wow. I definitely, oh, it's your turn because I was going to say, you'd, I was about to read my next one, which is my number one. Stanley Kubrick. Um, had the set of 2001 Space Odyssey destroyed after, so the studio couldn't use it in a lesser film. Oh, fucking brutal. Most Stanley Kubrick fact of all time. I like to think you made him watch. <laughs> I like to think you said five times, like, watch this. I, 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 whereas I question some of these facts because they're on the internet, I fucking believe that. There's nothing that says that that is a lie. That That's 100% <laughs> true. I think we can definitely bona fide 100% that one. What's a fucking animal? Right. Are you ready? Mm. I bet you didn't know this one. Kirsten Stewart and Robert Pattinson hold the record for most wins in Hollywood's most prestigious award. Best on screen kiss. MTV best kiss. Yeah. I, oh, Four I, wins. I, I didn't know that, but I, I yeah, all right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. You'd be would, wouldn't you? Like, you would be proud of that. You, you, I don't care what, I've, I've always sung Robert uh, Pattinson's praises. I think he's an interesting bloke. Like Daniel Radcliffe, could go on to do anything he wants to. Yeah. Does some really good, interesting movies. And I'm excited for the Batman. Because I think yeah. if it's got him, there is something about that that I think is awesome. Yeah. Stewart, I, I do like her as well. And and um I think she's perfectly in indie films. I've heard some great things she plays Diana, doesn't she? Yeah, I hear and, loads of things. And I've heard amazing things. Oscar talks already, aren't they? So but 
I, I would have, I would, if, if, if I had that award, anyone who comes around, I'd, I'd make sure it's in the room. Mate, if I had anyone, if I was like the most gun celebrity, like, <laughs> watch this. Orange Blimp Mate from Nickelodeon, you gotta have that. Sean Connery turned down The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones 4, and Blade Runner. I know. He's fucking stupid. He, he, but he, he did that fucking <laughs> League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. <laughs> Film so bad that he took over production and then afterwards retired. <laughs> It's not a good film. You've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I can't use my NASA show as the film Armageddon. Oh, so I'll have to go with my next one. Producers had to pay actors to appear in the film Cats because not even real cats wanted to be associated <laughs> with that shit. <laughs> you don't see no cats yeah. walking on stage for that, do you? <laughs> no strays there, mate. No strays. They could smell the shit, mate. Yeah. Oh. Let's just take a moment for cats. <laughs> Never forget that Idris Elba was a cat. <laughs> should we, do, we should do cats at some point. We, ha- we have to do it. I don't want to watch it again. Oh, do you know what? Because I'm always the voice, believe it or not, I'm I'm normally the one who's like, we've been too harsh on that movie. <laughs> Fuck it, cats has got it coming. <laughs> All right, now I'll do cats. Mm. It's, been a, it's been a week of change, mate. If I'm going to do it, it's this week. <laughs> it's this week. Jack Nicholson was the first actor to drop the C-bomb on film. Oh, what film? Oh, Chinatown. No, Carnal Knowledge. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. First time the word was used in a movie. That's pretty brutal. He's a Jack Nicholson thing though, isn't it? Yeah. You can imagine that. Right. So I can't use my Toto the dog in The Wizard of Oz, use it. So I'll use my next one. The director of Cannibal Holocaust, Ruggiero Dilotello, mm. was arrested for murder as magistrates believed the cast and some crew to be missing and assumed the events of the film to have been true. He had to go to court and prove that the actors were still alive. Yeah. That's, what I love about that is. No police work in the water. Yeah. They didn't like go around the house. They just went, you like John, were you in this movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. They just went, well, I've seen this. That <laughs> has to be propaganda to get people to watch the movie. It's a really shit film and I will never watch it. It's one of those films I refuse to watch based on like what you've seen. I've hear. seen bits of it and it, yeah, I've said it a hundred times. Cannibals are not my like go-to thing, mate. Mm. And it's like just the, the like how they treated like livestock and people in it. It's just shit. I'm never watching it. But I, it's, I had a... <laughs> Michael Jackson tried to buy Marvel so he could star in Spider-Man. I heard that. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I don't believe it. I can't be true. If there's a multiverse, I need that. (laughs) I don't care. Up until, up until now, I was all ready to see Tobey Maguire in the next movie. Now I want to see. (laughs) (laughs) Come through the portal. Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, How, I was going to say, how jazzed up are you you for that? Oh, man, I'm well jazzed. I'm pretty just to be honest. I, I'm the speculation already. I've got loads of theories behind it. I, do you know what? I'm going to put it out there now on this podcast. Yeah. I don't think we'll see Tom Maguire. I'll probably change my mind next week. Yeah. My initial thought was, what if you don't get Tom Maguire and um, Andrew Garfield, Garfield and um, Tom Holland together? What if the Sinister Six, when they look at Spider-Man, see their version of Spider-Man? And that's how they get around it. So when Doc Ock says, hello, Peter. Yeah. He's looking at, but he doesn't see Tom Holland. He sees. Okay. That's how I think they're going to do it. Okay. I can see that. Because I can't, we've had different spider, we've in Spider-Verse, we had six Spider-Men and one pig. Yeah. Come together and kind of like, oh, oh, in your, your world, you're like this, you're, you know, that, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Because there's loads of things there. Doc Ock, 
wasn't a villain when he ended that movie. So that isn't the Doc Ock well, that we've seen. But maybe he didn't take the chip off. <laughs> maybe the chip is still there, mate. Mm. And he just turned himself back on because because I've said to you, and I've said it once, I've said it a million times, why do you need artificial intelligence in what is essentially lifting arms? Yeah. They're also, they're also um, like you say, they're, they're, I get that the villains are slightly skewed. You know, like we're going to get electro, but he's not blue electric, he's yellow electric. You know, I, I get that, that that's fine. But, also, I think there's only six, there's only five villains. So who's the sixth one? And that's why I think it's, I, I, I think that's not Doctor Strange as well. I am in the camp that that is a doppelganger, that is a, that's someone in disguise. Yeah. And the, the person that's causing it, it, the villain will be, I think that scene where they're, where they're on a train, it, they're fighting. Oh, okay. So I, I think Doctor Strange is the villain, but it's not Doctor Strange. I got you. That's what, and I think that's the sixth, that's the sixth person because you've got Sandman, you've, the, it looks like there might be Lizard, Sandman, Electrode, Goblin, Doc Ock. Yeah. Now, Keaton's not supposed to come back as Vulture. Not that I know of. Uh, Scorpion's not meant to come into it that we know of. Yeah. And right, Paul Giamatti hasn't said anything about coming back as Rhino. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> It could be someone like Craven or someone like that that we I'd know like is going to get a moving yeah. movie. But I, I, I think someone is posing as Doctor Strange. That could all be fucking wrong. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I've well. never been as excited for a trailer. That the trailer's broken the box office. Isn't it, it? It's it had more uh, downloads than um, Rebecca Black's Friday. It, yeah, <laughs> is that a fact? <laughs> yeah, he is actually right. Pierce Brosnan was contractually forbidden from wearing a full tuxedo in any non-James film from uh, na- James from, Bond. from any James Bond film from 1995-2002, meaning his performance in the Thomas Crown Affair meant that he didn't have a bow tie on. <gasps> it was a white bow tie unbuttoned. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. I, that, was fact, yeah. that was my next fact, in fact, so good. Um, there was over 230 raw hours of footage for Apocalypse Now. Jesus Christ. I do, do you know what? I'm going to stand up here. I don't like it. I don't like Apocalypse Now. I, think oh, I do. I really I, like it. I really like the first two um, acts. But as soon as they get to Marlon Brando, mate, I oh, yeah. couldn't give a flying It fuck. does drag, doesn't it, that last yeah. bit? But but I, yeah. I really like up until the point where he, where he starts getting to him and then he's like, and then I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just couldn't tell you what happened. Like Dennis Hopper's there. He's quite, I don't think he was meant to be there. He's just off his tit. There's, there is there is that cast list him. Harrison Ford? Yeah, but be honest, that's a cameo. That's that that's not name on the poster, is it? But still, Harrison Ford. Robert Duval chewing that fucking napalm, mate. Yeah, I mean, out. he got the most iconic bit, right? Yeah. Surely, other than the riverboat scene and, and Brando, maybe that is the most... I love the smell <laughs> the, of napalm in the mornings, the, the big bit. The riverboat scene from Hot Shots Part 2. Yeah. You were great Wall Street. My favourite cameo. Um... In The Godfather, Marlon Brando put weights underneath him for a scene when the character Vito Corleone gets taken up the stairs and was dropped. <laughs> the bit that I, I heard about that, and there is a scene where he breaks characters and he laughs. Yeah. And it's still in the film. Or he smiles at the camera and it's yeah. a nod to say they, they, the guys don't they were know struggling. they struggling. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to save them to... Before becoming a cowboy, Woody was going to be a ventriloquist doll. That was just scary. When I when I read that, I was, yeah, that I imagine just someone. Me. I imagine someone in Disney was like, "Okay, guys, no, <laughs> I would like to sleep at some point this year." So, no, yes, let's have a ventriloquist doll come so, to life. So we nearly had Luna Larry, yeah, and, and this prick. <laughs> that, that's not going to break the box office. No, and I and while we're on there, I think we talked about it before. Yes, Sid's carpet in uh, in the it's upstairs from the is from The Shining. That, is, that is cool. That's just that's just a, that's just a fact. 
Um, the sirens heard in the casino scene in the film Swingers were the actual police on the way to stop the production as they had no permit for shooting. That's good. That's really cool. That's a really interesting one I really liked. I, I haven't seen Swingers in years. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I'm a big fan of it. Um, Gary Oldman's older sister, yeah, Layla Morse, is Big Mo in EastEnders. Yeah, she fucking is. I, I think a lot of people know that, but if there's even one person who doesn't know that... You need to know that. Well done. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I've got two left, mate. I think I've got three then. Right. Are you, um, are you ready for these? Because these are two big ones, and I'm going to go with my favourite one and the most interesting one. Mm. Last. The iconic scene in The Usual Suspects, with all of his actors giggling during the lineup scene, was genuine. After a full two days of shooting, the scene you saw was the best they had. Why was everyone laughing so much? Because Benicio Del Toro could not stop fighting. Yeah, I heard about it. And apparently that whole movie was set off that image, wasn't it? Yeah, the, they had the image before they yeah. even had the film. But I just love the idea. It's like, you film for two... Apparently Brian Singer was losing his fucking nut. <laughs> it's like, because he was like, why would you be laughing? It's like the scene, but they couldn't. They just kept corpsing. And corpsing is when, you, when you're uncontrollably laughing and they, it shows in this film. Uh, I'm going to go with... This one. In The Shining book, Andy stumbles across room 217. In the film, it's 237. Ooh. And that's because at the request of management at the Timberline Lodge in Oregon, which is what they use as the Overlook Hotel, they thought no one would ever stay in room 10, 217 ever again. So they made up the room 237. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. I love shit like that. Right, you ready for my my last one? Is it is it your top one? Is should, no, my, I've got two more, so should I do mine and then we'll reveal top ones in case they're the same? Okay, I mean they're not. <laughs> we carry on. In the Exorcist scene where Reagan undergoes an X-ray, they use a real life X-ray technician. Guy, oh, I know this. This was brilliant. A guy called Paul Bateson. Yeah, who was a serial killer. Yeah, he was. Who had murdered plenty of people in the 1970s. Fucking, that's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the many things they say is cursed about this film. He's odd, isn't it? He's odd. I, I, do you know what? I don't know why I didn't write that down. So you've got one more and I've got one more. Yeah. Go for it. No, you're going to be disappointed. The poo in Train's point was made from chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did know that, yeah. I didn't think it was made of real shit. <laughs> well, it could be. I don't know. Maybe you were going to go really go for the Oscar. Um, it'd be that. <laughs> In the uh, in the crucifixion scene in Passion of the Christ, whilst on the cross, Jim Caviezel was struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> just if this, that's true, just heard this shout blasphemy. <laughs> if that's true, <laughs> then I need to radically start changing some of my lifestyle choices. Mate, that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh. That was the only thing that could have been poo, to be honest. I mean, that's 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 all the review you need for that movie, isn't it? <laughs> like, not even God likes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 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 That's that's, a, that, was, that was a lot. And there wasn't that many uh, crossovers. Couple there, mate. That's what we do. Experts, mate. Yeah, experts. Um, any any favourite ones for... Do you want, mate? I'm going to post on the social media that, that link to that website that translates... That might one. be my favourite one. I think that, that's such a good joke. Was, if that was in... Even if that was in... It, the subtitle came up, I would have fucking laughed my arse out. After yeah, that cinema. that's brilliant. I think that might be my favourite one, I think. <laughs> I think there's some that didn't surprise me. Um... And there are some that I think I already knew, but that yeah. that one I think is is a particular one. I think the the um, Sean Connery turning down so many iconic roles is is odd. It is odd, but it's, it's, 
he just, towards the end of his career, he made quite possibly the worst career choices in the history mm. of the world. Don't want, he didn't want to play Matrix. <laughs> it's, it it's, Lord of the Rings. It's, who would he have done in the Matrix? I assume it would have been Morpheus and Morpheus would have had a less um, energetic role. Yeah. More of a, more of a you know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's the only one I can think of because who else would he have played? Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. I can't <laughs> it's even... like the, the tank. <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> different movie that would have been wouldn't it <laughs> but kept the storyline exactly the same <laughs> so he's like you can't die Neo because <laughs> the oracle said I would fall in love with the one <laughs> and George Connery just plants one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah I think the real hero is the cat in the opening scene of uh, Godfather yeah. fucking you had a dream mate and you followed it Good for you. And Michael Jackson could have been in Spider-Man. That's the thing. That's the thing that really annoys me about this world, James, is that we don't get a multiverse. We don't get to see other incarnations of movies and the what if that, that could have been. Because I really struggle when I read some things and I'm like, you know, certain actors that nearly did it and, and I cannot stop fixating on, fuck it, that would have been weird if no. that had happened. Imagine the- if we lived in a world where Michael Jackson was Spider-Man. Mate, it's up there with, you know, one of the Wayans brothers being Robin. There's just iconic and they've mm. gone. Yeah, that was forever. Wayne's dad, wasn't it? It was Damon Wayne's himself, I think. Oh. I think it was. Mate. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Um, that's our show for this week. A bit, a bit shorter, a bit more condensed, but you know, hopefully just as fun. Next week, uh, we're going to pick a year, a random year. Just a random year? And we're just going to explore that year. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll just use a, a, an online generator, pick a year, uh, 90s, 80s, 70s, noughties, whatever, and we'll just do, what was that year like in film? Yeah. And what happened? What, mm. what came out? What didn't work? Was the film, was the year a plus or a negative? What were the standouts? That kind of thing. Should we put it in the vault? Should we mm. put it in the pit? So that was our show for this week. Uh, thanks so much for downloading. If you did like this episode, do let us know on social media. Do like, do subscribe. We get a new episode each and every week. And as we say, each week we take on a different movie topic or theme. So if I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. <laughs>